This is part three, the first attribute or key or quality of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is to always have a yieldedness about you, to always yield to the Holy Spirit. We've been talking a lot about that for two weeks. We finished up with Revelation. I just read this scripture and we want to launch off here. Tonight I'm hoping I could finish this, but we're not going to get in a hurry because this is so key. Being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in the days that we're living in, it, it, it could be a life and death matter. It's of utmost importance in your life. Because things might change in the earth, but things don't change with God. So how you prosper might change, but the fact that you'll prosper will not change. Does that make sense? I mean, we have to be ready to be led. Go here, don't go here. Say this, don't say this, right? All of these things, do this, don't do this. We want to maintain a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. So in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, this is part of the letters to the seven churches, as I said last week, uh, in the letters to the seven churches, which is the th first three chapters of the book of Revelation, John, as an old man, was given, when he was exiled on the island of Patmos, was given this revelation of Jesus Christ. We call it the book of Revelation. The first three chapters were written to seven churches in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Some churches were big, some churches were small. But God laid out certain things. They were written to the pastors of these churches. This letter in chapter 3 was the last church. It was written to the church of Laodicea. And this is a church that they thought they were all that, but there were some big problems. But Jesus said this to them. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And you got to understand... This was written to believers. So this is literally talking about Jesus knocking on the door of a believer's heart. So this is talking about, has to do with his voice. Okay? He says, if any man hear my voice, that's how we know this has to do with his voice. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You would think it would say, if any man would hear my knock. But it doesn't say that, does it? It says, if any man would hear my voice. So this knock on the door of your heart is his voice. Okay? So keep that in mind. If any man hear my voice and open the door, well, now time out. Jesus, you're God. You're the creator of everything. Just open the door. Literally walk through the door like you did on the earth. Command the door to move. No, 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 he doesn't. If any man open the door, we have to open the door. God is not a forcer. He will not knock down the door of your heart. God has no plans for you to die of sickness and disease. But he won't stop that if you won't stop that. He has no desire for you to ever be in lack financially, but if you allow it, he has to. Does that make sense? 
So let's keep going with this. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and will sup with him and he with me. See, Jesus was saying to this church, guys, you have shut me out and I'm asking that you let me back in. Aren't you grateful? Have you ever shut Jesus out? Aren't you grateful he'll still keep knocking? He doesn't, he doesn't get offended. Have you ever got offended by somebody? Man, you've been pushed, you've been trying to help them and get in their life and they keep shunning you. What, have you ever said this? You know what, I'm done. Right? Do you know that's totally flesh? That's not even who you are. In these last days, guys, the world needs to see the unconditional love of Jesus. Spit in my face and I'm still going to love you. Turn my cheek, I'm going to turn the other one to you. You ask for my coat, I'm going to give you my shirt too. Does that make sense? I'm going to love you unconditionally. Why? Well, because that's just who I am. Well, what are you talking about? No, no, no. When I received Christ, the very love of God was shed abroad in my heart. All I can do is love you. That's the way Jesus is. So let's keep talking about this. This is so important. This is talking about the callings, the promptings, the dealings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's the knock. That's the voice. It's the promptings, the callings, the dealings of the Holy Spirit in our life. We are the ones who control whether or not we open the door. Does that make sense? So we have to, this is why we're talking about living a life where we yield to the Holy Spirit. Man, when his voice, when he speaks, I open. When he moves me this way, I move this way. I don't oppose him. It's Acts 17, 28. It's in him that I live and that I move and that I have my very being. See, opening the door is when you respond and yield to his voice. You responded and acted on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You opened the door. This is how you got saved, and this is how we walk in our salvation. We got to open the door. If he says to forgive, then we forgive. We open that door. If he says to do good to those that despitefully have used us, we do good to those that have despitefully used us, right? If he says honor the Lord in your giving, in your tithes and offerings, yes, sir. If he says, I sent my word and healed you, we don't oppose that. Yes, sir, then I'm healed. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. I thank God for the doctor who gave me the diagnosis, but it doesn't matter. I believe God, right? So the best way of defining yielding is this. You act on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you in these last days, get ready. The Lord will wake you up and say, I want you to take all the money you have and invest right there. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to turn maybe $1,000 into $100,000. But you have to know. 
Guys, in this last time, I'm telling you, God, we see it in the word of God. When God moves, he compresses time frames. We're going we're gonna to do a whole lifetime of ministry in a few years. Maybe less, maybe a lot less. I don't know. God can compress a time frame. What it takes years for your body to recover, he could cause it to recover in moments. What it takes years to pay off debt is taken care of instantly. This is why we have to act on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. When God prompts you to sow over here, don't say no to him. He's not trying to get stuff away from you. He's trying to get stuff to you. Right? When he says to love somebody who has done you wrong, do that. Trust me, it'll be worth it when you're walking around for 25 million years and every time you see that individual who wronged you, they're just coming up going, thank you so much. I'm here today because of you. Right? I wasn't lost in my trespasses and sins. I yield myself. Notice how I said that. I, I, the spirit man that I am, yield myself. That means I yield my members, my body, my flesh, my tongue, my mind, my will, my emotions. I, the spirit man, who's under, who's yielded to the Holy Spirit, will now yield myself to the Holy Spirit as he deals with me. I submit myself to his lordship. This is how God deals with us after we get saved. This is exactly how it works. I yield myself as the Holy Spirit is dealing with me. See, when you start studying this, you realize you have zero time to be concerned with what anybody else is doing. You want to keep your eyes laser focused on Jesus so that his word is in abundance in your heart coming out of your mouth. You don't have time to work out anybody else's salvation. And as you do that, the supply that's coming off of you will help other people. That's what it's all about. This is exactly what we do. He desires that you yield to him as Lord of every area of your life. See, the Holy Spirit will prompt you, but it is up to you if, when, or how you respond to him. It's totally up to you. Every problem in your life tonight, every problem you've ever had is a result of you not yielding to him. Every every problem. You could say, but no, 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 and this happened to me and it was another person's fault. Yeah, it doesn't matter because if you yield to him, he will turn that all around and you'll land in total victory and you'll come out of it, as, you'll come out of it better than you could ever imagine because that's just the way he is. It's up to us if, when, or how we respond to him. It's up to us, here's a big one, if we respond to him fully or like I've done in my past, partially. Have you ever done that? 
absolutely, Lord, I'll go to church. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, then you come to church, you're like, yes, I'll go, I want you to go to church, and then you walk in, and there's somebody there, and the Lord tells you, I want you to give that person $100. And you look at that person and think, that person has way more money than I do, and I only have $100, I've been saving this for six months, and I have to, no, no, partially or fully, right? This is huge. This is huge. And pastor, that's good preaching. We should be interested in yielding and responding to him quickly and fully. Right? Abraham loves Isaac, been believing God forever to have a son. God comes to him and says, listen, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac up on, Mount, on a mountain I'll show you and I want you to sacrifice him to me. The next verse says, and Abraham rose early in the morning. Wow. He responded quickly and fully. He knew a kind of offering. That's a burn offering. That means he slit his son's throat, burn his body, and he, the Bible says he was fully, he, he, he completely was persuaded that him and his son were going to come back from that event, even if God would have to raise his son out of ashes. It's amazing. Quickly and fully. So let's look at an example. This is one area you're going to have to learn to yield. Go to Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Man, there's an open door to preach tonight. This is really good. You guys should be commended on that. Hallelujah. Hungry hearts. Romans 6.11, this is going to be a hard one on your flesh to do. The Bible tells us, likewise, reckon ye yourself, I'm sorry, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word reckon means to put together in one's mind. It means to calculate and to count. So let's simplify this. Likewise, it's saying count, count you yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, you wouldn't have to count yourself dead to sin unless there was something opposing that. If you felt dead to sin, you wouldn't have to count that. The Bible is telling you to count yourself dead to sin and alive to Christ. Have you ever beat yourself up for something that you've said or something that you've done? Have you ever allowed the enemy to to just beat you up for, man, I can't believe you did that. And then you're trying to go to God, but you're, you're just, well, I'm just this mess. The Bible is telling us, Paul, to the Roman Christians, he's saying, guys, you have to count. There's some things you have to do so that you know you're alive to me and not, and, and not dead. 
right? Alive to sin and not dead to sin, or dead to sin and alive to me. Let me say that correctly. You have to count some certain things. You might not feel about it, but when you mess up and you're not feeling good about yourself, that's when you need to say how you yield to this is you say with your mouth what the word says. Father, I thank you that I was crucified with Christ. I was identified in his crucifixion. I was buried with him in baptism. I was recognized and identified with him in his resurrection. And I was, 2,000 years ago, raised to newness of life. So I am now, I count myself, I'm dead to sin. I have to do that. Boy, my flesh gives me trouble. It says, if you jump down to verse 13, it says, neither yield your members, that would be your, your tongue, your body, right, your flesh. Don't yield your flesh as instruments. This Greek word literally means weapons of unrighteousness unto sin. The Bible, so, so the Bible is telling us Do not yield your flesh, your tongue, your body as a weapon of unrighteousness to sin, right? But it says, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments or weapons of righteousness unto God. Very clear, In other words, guys, there's spiritual influences on the outside that are trying to influence you, trying to get you to say some things that are not in line with the word of God, to do some things that are not in line with the word of God, right? There's also influences on the inside of you trying to influence you to do the right thing and and use your tongue and your body as as a weapon for righteousness, but you decide who you yield to. Do you see that? See, what happens is a thought is thrown in your mind and it'll connect with a feeling and an emotion that will try to influence you to yield to it so that it could shape you either into, and shape you into a weapon of unrighteousness. That's what always happens. A thought, everything starts with a thought, and it'll connect with a feeling or an emotion. Or you'll see something with your eye, or you'll hear something with your ear. You know, it's amazing how people, you could be sick for years, and then all of a sudden you'll go to a doctor, and, and you might not have any symptoms, you don't know what's going on, and you're told a certain diagnosis, and then you're dead in in a matter of a short period of time. What happens many times is fear comes in, and we start talking about it, and all of a sudden, it connects with feelings and emotions. What am I going to do? How's my family going to be? Financially, the same thing. All these things are trying to shape you so that you, but see, you have a choice tonight. You could either learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit And when a thought is contrary to the word, you're so sensitive that you'll take that thought captive and you will not speak that ridiculous death thought out of your mouth. This is huge. This is how everything works. So now look at verse 14 of chapter 6. 
It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you're not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God's word says, God forbid. Know you not that to whom, now look at this, we're talking about yielding. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says this, Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So here's the principle. When you yield, or I'm sorry, when you believe a lie, now what's the definition of a lie? Anything that is contrary to this. Now I'm telling you, it could look real. This says I'm healed. My body says I'm sick. But here's the principle. When you believe a lie, which was anything contrary to this, you will yield to that lie. And whatever you yield to, you become the servant of. When Adam and Eve yielded to the lie, well, let's just put it on Adam. When Adam yielded to the lie, he became a servant of it. He turned his authority over to Satan. But it says here, verse 17, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. In other words, the blood of Christ, it quickened us and cleansed us. It made us new. You became servants of righteousness. Now my nature is love. My nature is life. My nature is now giving. My nature is building up. It's edifying. It's blessing. That's who I am. If I act any different, I'm not acting like who I am. Why? I'm yielding to my flesh. But if I'll learn to yield to my spirit, I'll walk just like Jesus. Right? This is why this is so important. He said this, verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the weakness of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members or your flesh, servants to uncleanness and to... Uh, and to iniquity unto iniquity, he's saying, even now, even so now, yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. So what Paul is saying, he's saying to the Roman Christians, so guys here, I've said all that to say this. I want you to yield to your spirit who's yielded to the Holy Spirit in the same way you used to yield to sin. That's all he's saying. I want you to yield now to the Holy Spirit in the same way that you used to yield to sin. And every one of those Roman Christians, just like all of us, would go, oh. So, so we have to talk about this, don't we? To even know what to, it means to yield. Unless, of course, there's somebody sitting here tonight that has never, ever yielded to sin. 
then you might be here going, gosh, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. But the rest of us are sitting here going, oh, yeah, I know exactly how I used to yield to it. Right? I would take that thought and I would speak it out of my mouth and I would, I, as I, as I, I would start just thinking about it. And man, it would start going off in me and then I would end up doing this over here. I'd get angry or I'd get whatever, right? But now what happens? I meditate in the word day and night. I'm meditating in scripture. And now what happens is the Holy Spirit opens the word on the inside of me constantly and he's communicating and etching that on my heart, communicating that to my spirit. My spirit turns that revelation into a thought and throws that thought in my mind, which will start renovating my thinking as I take the thought from God in line with his word and I start speaking it over my life. And all of a sudden, I'm yielding to it. Do you see how that works? It's exactly how this works. It says here, but now, verse 22, but now being made free from sin, you become servants of God. You have your fruit unto holiness and unto the end, after everlasting life. So this is going to be a big one in your life. To yield to the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to believe what his word says instead of how you feel. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm dead to sin and alive to God. Sin will not dominate me. I was crucified with Christ. I reckon myself dead to sin. You're going to have to do that. That's part of a yielding. All my whole life, every day, I'm going to be yielded. See, you're either, you're never in a neutral spot. You're either yielding to wrong things from the outside or you're yielding to the Holy Spirit on the inside. There's no middle ground there, right? So let's look at another quick example. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 in verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Isn't this good? Is this making sense to you? Guys, you don't have to yield to it. You don't have to yield to this nonsense that the enemy's trying to do in your life. Because remember, he's only coming for one reason, to steal the word of God from you so that he can kill and destroy things in your life. It's the only reason. But Jesus, see, he can't do that because Jesus already came and he gave you overflowing, uh, overflowing Zoe life that's his. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one, it says this, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Notice we yield ourselves. Now it's talking about us cleansing ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. This was written to Christians. He wants you to yield your mind, your mouth, your eyes, your ears, your hands, and your feet. He wants you to yield them to him. Ephesians 4.27, what does it say? It says, neither give place to the devil. Don't yield to the enemy. Yield to the Spirit of God on the inside of you. So let's look at another example. Because we're going to have to learn. See, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it tells us we have to yield. We yield our members to God, right? Right? Where we're going with this is we're going to see 
We are to yield to things and call things which be not. That's what God does. Romans chapter 4, verse 17 is a huge scripture. In Romans 4, 17, this is, this is the story about Abraham and Sarah believing God for Isaac, right? But it says here, as it is written, and now the word of God, Paul writing to the Romans, is quoting Genesis 17, 5. He's, and he's saying about God, I have made thee a father of many nations. God spoke this to Abram before he ever, I mean, before he ever had a child. Look at what God says, I have made thee. He had no kids. God, how can you say, I've made you a father of many nations? Because the language of faith is, God calls those things which be not as though they are. We've heard this so many times, but we've got to get this. We don't call things that aren't or that are as though they're not. Let me say that correctly. I don't call things that are as though they're not. If I have arthritis, I don't walk around saying I don't have arthritis. Because that's calling something that is as though it's not. That's not the language of faith. That's not the language of God. What do I say if I have arthritis? I don't say I don't have arthritis. I say I'm healed. Why do I say I'm healed? I'm calling those things which be not as though they are. Why do I do that? Well, that's what God tells me to do. That's the language of faith. And when I call something that's not as though it is, guess who makes it? He, God makes it the way, that's the way it'll be. So if I have arthritis and I walk around saying, Father, I thank you that you sent your word and healed me. That Christ, 1,990 years ago, before I was ever born, he redeemed me from the curse of arthritis. It's part of the curse of the law. So, Father, I declare today that I am healed. And guess what happens? when I, See, that's the word of God in my mouth. What happens is Jesus, he's watching over that word, and he'll perform that. And all of a sudden... Man, over time, my joints will not have any pain in them anymore. My fingers will straighten out, and right? My knees, my hips, my spine won't have arthritis in it anymore. But the enemy will jump on my shoulder every moment of every day with thoughts. Every time I move and my, my spine or my knees or my hips or my shoulder or my hands are hurting, he's going to go, you're not healed, Right? He, he, he'll just never stop saying that. And that's where you need to just do what Jesus said. See, this is what Christians are doing when he's doing that. They get real quiet. And they sit. And they watch a YouTube video of healing. Just like this. Hours of he, teaching on healing. And if they get so used to watching it like this, they'll watch it like this for years and suffer with arthritis. But boy, if they ever hear what's being taught, and all of a sudden they'll be like, "What? wow. They start watching it like this, wow. wow. Wait, I am healed. See, now it's different. 
Pretty soon they're like standing up going, did, honey, did you hear that? We've been redeemed from arthritis. Pretty soon, I mean, you'll start dancing around your house because you're not waiting to get healed anymore. You already got it. You see the difference? What is that called? You're yielding. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. And who is God? Here's, a, here's part of the definition of God. He quickens the dead. That means he brings to life dead things. You know what that just told all of us sitting here tonight? It is never too late. Yeah, but it's dead. So what? Roll away the stone. And what else does God do? He calls those things which be not as though they were. See, this is the challenge that people are having a hard time getting a hold of in our circles, in our church, right? We can't speak for everybody else. There's a lot of people that just get mad when they hear this because of what they've been taught, right? But see, if God calls things that be not as though they are, and in Ephesians 5.1, it says that we're to be followers, which that Greek word means imitators. We're to be imitators of God as his dear children. We're to, be, we're to operate just like God. 1 John 2.6, he that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. We're to walk like Jesus. We're to be imitators of God. We're to call those things which be not as though they are. Why, how, what do we mean? We keep his word in our heart and coming out of our mouth. Right? We speak in line with the word of God. See what our words can do. Our words can work death and bring us into bondage if we speak the wrong things. Our words also can work life and bring us into freedom if we speak the right things. This is huge. Faith will never, ever, ever say, I can't. Faith will always say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Does that make sense? This is why Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. It's to the homo logeo of our faith. Let us hold fast to saying what God says without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful that promised us. See, look at, if you go back, if you go to Malachi, don't turn there, but just Malachi chapter 3, verse 13, he was talking about how you guys are cursed with a curse because you're not honoring me in the tithes and offerings. But in verse 13, he says what they were really doing. He says, your words, your words have been stout against me. See, this is what's happening when a person is not yielding to the Holy Spirit. Their words, 
This word stout means they've become strong and hardened. The Lord is pressing you and, and he's prompting, not pressing, he, doesn't, he, he literally doesn't push. He's leading you to do something and you're just, you're, you're getting hardened. You're, you're, you're literally, so Pastor Ed, can I use you again? So, so this is what's happening. So, and, and so, so here, Pastor Edwin is God, and, and, and I'm just a, a carnal, disobedient son. And he's trying to come in and do something, so kind of, kind of move towards me, and I'm doing this. Now, he's all-powerful. He has more power than I can even begin to have, but I'm literally, I'm becoming hardened. The more he's coming, I, I'm just, I'm like, no, no. No, no, I will not forgive this person. I will not give. Okay, thank you. That's stout. And he's saying, how do I do that? My words. You know, I'm just tired of this face stuff. My body's hurting. And I'm, I'm you know, honey, honey, watch your, watch your. No, 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 I'm just being real. I'm tired of this faith stuff. Right? This is why if you're in pain, the Bible says, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says a strong spirit of a man will sustain him in his weakness. This is why you need to be around believers that are walking in the word so that they can encourage you, right? I don't get around people that don't believe the stuff, Right? Because I'm telling you, you can't. You're in a hospital, you better be careful who comes and sees you. I don't care if they're your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister. This is a matter of life and death. I'll talk to you later. But I'm upset at you. Well, that's okay. I'll, I'll work it out. Right? Because you, you can't hear that stuff. Our words, in other words must not oppose God's words. Because guess what? In your life, your words hold more weight than God's words. God's words that created the universe in your life, your words hold more weight. If God says you're healed and you say, I'm sick, Guess what? You're going to be sick. See, we have, to, we have to get this, guys. Religion hates that. All oh, dare you say something like that. My thing is, after knowing the word, I'll dare you. I don't want my words to oppose God's words. Right? I don't want to get to heaven early and him go, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Right? Amos 3.3 3, says, how can two people walk together unless they be agreed? You want to walk with God? you got to agree with him. So your words cannot oppose him. The answer to that question is no, you can't walk together. Right? Remember Matthew 4, 4? Man doesn't live by bread only, but man shall live by every word that, pro that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, God calls things into being. I love Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. 
Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. Whenever we open our mouth, we should open our mouth considering that Jesus, the apostle and high priest of my profession, is watching over my words to perform them. And by the way, he's not only my Lord, he's my great redeemer, he's my healer, he's my everything. He pro- he's the performer of the word of God. I must speak God's words and le- uh, that allows Jesus to perform them. So I call my bills paid. I call my body healed. Right? I speak victory in this area. I speak, we speak increase. Right? What does it say? Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Another example of this. For verily I say unto you, right, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that he, he shall have those things which he saith. What does it say? He'll have whatever he says. Wow. Turn over to 2 Chronicles chapter 30. I want you to see this verse. 2 Chronicles chapter 30. We're going to look at verse 8. We're talking about we can't be yielded to the Holy Spirit if our words are opposing his words. Boy, that'll end every argument in your marriage. Can't argue. Right? Because the minute I start arguing with my wife, I'm not operating in the love of God the way he commands me to. Oops. So I've lost that argument before I've even started. Does that make sense? I can't ever just say, man, I just can't make this happen. No, 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 no. I can do all things through Christ. Second Chronicles 38. Look at what this says. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary. See, being stiff-necked is not the way to enter the sanctuary, which he had sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. See, the world is full of the spirit of disobedience. It's full of it. All you got to do tonight is just go home and turn on the TV. Watch any newscast you want. It's full. Watch the Disney Channel or whatever they call it. Every parent's an idiot. Right? It's just full of the, the spirit of disobedience. Kids, do your own thing. This is why we have to teach our kids. Right? Be, and, and, and see, have you ever noticed? We look at kids, well, they're always messing up. Have you seen how adults are? We're worse, man. We throw bigger fits. Right? Have you ever, you're trying, to, you're trying to get over, and this guy that's going, or, you know, you're, you're, the guy's going 20 miles an hour in a 50. So you go to go around him. What does he do? You're not beating me, you little baby. And then what do we do? I can't believe that idiot. Now I'm the baby. Right? It's there. 
Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Look, let's bring it into the New Testament. You stiff-necked. This is talking about resisting the Holy Spirit. That's the context of this. Acts 7, 51. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you. See, you gotta understand there are evil spirits that are assigned against you. And they will work for years and train you. They'll throw thought after thought after thought to train you to respond wrong. They will work for years. What are they doing? They're training you to yield to them. You're this little kid and you find a pornography magazine or whatever. And there's the seed. Then you grow up and you're bound your whole life. And they're training you that as soon as you see this body type or that or think of a certain thing, it takes you, it, it, it causes you to yield to it. You grow up insecure and all of a sudden you're, you learn, they train you over years to lie and now you've got this big problem with lying. We have to see, they're, they're trying to influence you. We must resist and never act on these wrong thoughts or feelings. It doesn't matter how long it's taken. You have so much life on the inside of you. If you start resisting and not acting on these wrong thoughts, it's as if they're behind a glass and they can't do anything. This is why when Jesus was casting the demons out of a person, they said, hey, hey, please don't send us away. Why? Because we've been here a long time. We've been training people. Can, can you send us into the pigs? Because we don't want to leave this region because we've worked really hard to train and influence people. See, this stuff is real, guys. You know, all this stuff is real. It's real deadly. And we have, and, and here's the reality, it has really no power over you. You have the power to resist it. So here's the big thing. Yielding to the wrong thing will cost you. So here's the deal. You gotta know what to yield to and what not to yield to. There are, in other words, there are certain places you should not walk, stand, or sit. There are certain people you should not be around. If you're an alcoholic, you don't want to go home down Maple where you, where you go buy the liquor store. Does that make sense? And you surround yourself with people that are, that are stronger than you, that'll help you, and you saturate yourself in the word, and you take thoughts captive, and pretty soon, you're like, wow, this has no power over me. Right. To yield means to give in, to stop resisting, to go along with, to submit to. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, Amen. right? 
I love this in Proverbs chapter 29 in verse 1. I want to kind of, I'm coming down to the end of this now, so hang with me just a few more minutes. Proverbs 29 verse 1. This is a huge, huge scripture. It says, he that being often reproved, this means he that's often corrected, hardens his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. So the person that when he's connected or when he's uh, reproved or corrected, if he hardens his neck, the Bible says he shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. And here is a real interesting, the word remedy, it's literally the Hebrew word means healing. If the word of God can't correct you and you keep saying this to it, you're going to be suddenly destroyed without being healed, without health. This word literally means to put you in a position where you're in a state of being incurable. This word also means you're putting yourself in a position where it's impossible for you to be restored. So now let's jump over. I want you to see something in the ministry of Jesus. Go to Luke chapter 6, verse 17. Luke chapter 6, verse 17. I want you to see this yielding and how you yield with your tongue. Jesus, it says, and he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear and to be healed of their diseases. So there's, great, there's a great multitude of people coming down to hear and be healed. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed, or I'm sorry, and they were healed. And then it says, look at verse 19, and the whole multitude, that means all of them that heard, sought to touch him. For there went virtue. This, this Greek word virtue literally is the word dunamis. It's translated power. It actually is translated, dunamis is stored power or I should say it correctly, stored miracle-working power that has been released and, we never talk about this part of the word, and that makes all things possible. So they, everybody, they heard. They came to hear and be healed. And they're just trying to touch him. Why? Because the anointing, all they got to do is touch his clothes because the anointing stays in cloth. Because power went out of him. Miraculous power, miracle working power that was released that makes all things possible. So if I've got a missing body part and I could get to Jesus, I know I'm going to be healed. Out of him, and look at, look at what it says, and it healed all of them. Acts 10.38 says this, how, that, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost 
even with power, same power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Were they seeking to to touch Jesus because of Jesus? No, everywhere Jesus went, he quoted Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. They were learning. These people had heard what he was preaching. They were going, they were yielding to the anointing. If I, woman with the issue of blood, for she said within herself over and over and over again, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. They were yielding to the anointing on Jesus. We have to, see, this is why I'm talking about this tonight, guys. You gotta learn and stay in a position where you yield to the Holy Spirit because yielding to the Holy Spirit is yielding to the anointing because the Holy Spirit is the anointing. Jesus, see, they had faith in this anointing. They sought to touch Jesus because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. See, yielding to the anointing means you're going to receive it in your body. Right? So this is the progression. They heard of Jesus. So they heard something. They heard about the anointing. They believed the anointing. Right? Then they received the anointing And the anointing drove sickness and disease out of their physical bodies. But we've got to know this, and I know, just give me another minute. We have got to know how to respond correctly to the anointing. Sometimes people come up for prayer to receive a healing anointing, and they just want to pray in the Spirit. Because they're sensing this anointing. Well, that's no, no, no. we got to respond correctly to the anointing. What do I do? How do I respond correctly to the healing anointing of God? we got to respond correctly. We receive the anointing correctly however the Holy Spirit is moving. You receive the anointing, like for healing as an example. When you come up for healing, when you're praying and you're believing God at your house or in your car for healing for your body, because you don't need anybody to lay hands on you. You're a child of God. So what I do is, Father, I receive your healing anointing into my body right now. And what I do, I believe that your healing anointing is right now, it's beginning to affect a healing and a cure in my body. See, I'm receiving it correctly. Father, I thank you. I receive your anointing. I thank you that it's working and affecting a healing and a cure from the tip of my head to the soles of my feet. I'm receiving it, notice, with my mouth. I'm yielding to the anointing with my mouth. Does that make sense? This is huge. This is gigantic. This is how we yield We yield to the word of God. We yield to the moving of his spirit. 
We don't allow ourselves to yield outwardly. We only yield inwardly. I'm not moved by what's going outside. I don't like some of the things that we have to put up with outside. But it can't be my focus. Otherwise, it will start shaping me. I'll start talking about it. And I can't allow that to happen. And, and, and stay in a position so the Holy Spirit can yield. And guys, do you know what? In a worst case scenario, you're going to live out the rest of your life maybe in not so much fun. If you choose not to walk by faith, if you choose to just do it on your own, your life's going to kind of be a mess for a few years and then you're going to be in heaven forever and it's going to be glorious. But there's people out there, a lot of them, that you bump elbows with every day that if you don't show them Jesus, they might go through a seven-year tribulation period and possibly be lost forever. So, so listen, God, we can't give what we don't have, so I want to encourage you, don't let your words oppose the Holy Spirit. Let God literally give the world a picture of who Jesus is by your own life. And be ready to go out there. Don't be moved if somebody doesn't seem like they want to hear about Jesus. Just keep loving on them. Keep praying for them. Keep being led by the Spirit of God. He'll give you the words to say. He'll cause you to show up in the, uh, in the row at the grocery store right where they are at the perfect time to say whatever. He'll put you in the right place at the right time. He'll take care of everything. And you just yield to the Holy Spirit. You just yield to that anointing and walk in it. Amen?